Welcome to Infinity Rewatch, where this week nothing of importance is really going to take place. So you know what? You can just skip this episode. Go ahead. We won't judge you. I'm Andrew Fantasia. What's up? <laughs> What's up? I'm Ryan J. Whitehead. And yeah, but you know what? We can stop it here, but don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And don't forget to hit that like button. Leave a comment because somebody definitely hit a like button. <laughs> Oh, yes, he did. Why don't you do the honors and tell the story? Because we have a story that uh, might uh, surprise everybody out there. Surprise and delight. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, so we posted our, our podcast, as we usually do, on, on the Twitter, um, <laughs> which is funny because I use Twitter more. Uh, and, and Fantasia, you, you started to use Twitter a bit more, I've noticed. Um, and, uh, and yeah, um, I reposted your Twitter comment and I was like, I was like, Hey man, you know, James Gunn did a great job on guardians of the galaxy, bringing these characters to life. And he did. And, and I, you know what, what blew my mind was this genuine comment of like, you know, what? he did an incredible job bringing these characters to life. He liked that button. He hit that like button on our post, baby. James Gunn liked that comment. We are official now. Suck it, other podcasts that haven't had that happen to them yet. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's just so nice. It's I I am like guys. I have like 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 in the hundreds. Like I have like two hundred followers. Like if that. And he genuinely hit that like button. He saw the post. Whether or not he listened to the podcast is totally irrelevant. But <laughs> he liked the post, and that's all that matters, and that's awesome. Yeah, that was a, a beautiful little jewel of a moment when you sent me that. I was so pleased. Um, and, I mean, we are both big fans of what he's done with Guardians. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Best of luck with Suicide Squad, man. I hope that movie turns out great. Uh, best of yeah. luck with uh, Guardians 3. And, uh, James, if you ever want to make Guardians 4, you can call it Unplugged. There, there's my gift to you, a title idea. Or you can just call it Volume <laughs> 4. I'm not going to judge it. Yeah, you know what? I will also add that um, James Gunn, if you are listening to this, man, you know, you took uh, a totally small, like, niche of group of characters and just really transformed them and create uh, created an incredible movie. I can't wait to see Suicide Squad as well. And also, on top of that, man, just keep doing what you're doing. And I'm so glad Marvel uh, is is working with you to create Volume Three. I'm I'm so excited. Yeah, you, you bring up a great point too there, Ryan. Like, James, thank you for making that little, that trading card I had of Drax where I'm just like, this is a cool guy with green skin. Thank you for taking that dude and making him one of the coolest characters in movies in recent memory. I can't wait to see what you do with the polka dot man now. That's, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm there. I am there for Suicide Squad. But today is not about uh, suicides. Today is about life. Today is about particularly the life of Billy and Tommy. Those are their names, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Power Rangers. The Power Ranger <laughs> twins. Yeah. They have, uh, and they are, uh, they're, they're interesting in a couple ways. Uh, but first and foremost, mm -hmm. you know, we got WandaVision episode five. It is the eighties episode. It's family ties. They're painting themselves in, uh, in the, in the opening credits, just like in family ties. Uh, and we, we get to see what this uh, schmaltzy eighties sitcom version of them looks like to right off the bat. I need to get this off my chest. Cause maybe I'm crazy. Cause we got these two kids, Ryan, we got Billy and Tommy. Um, Tommy wears the blue and Billy wears the red. So they're actually, not quite matching the Power Rangers colors, but we'll let that slide. 
But mm-hmm. Lily, the one in the red, he looks evil to me. He has evil eyes. Am I nuts? Am yeah. I judging a child's eyes too harshly? What's going on? <laughs> I mean, it feels like, uh, you know, I mean, when it comes to twins, there's always a, there's always a bad twin, right? Right. <laughs> but i mean i don't know there's definitely something going on here um and these kids man they are weird like they are weird kids uh and uh you know i definitely feel that there's something going on with them uh definitely hints to uh the the um the story the house of m story a little bit with the kids uh and uh but what i've also noticed is there seems to be a theme of uh life and death but also seems to be a commentary on time yes time is passing in very weird ways uh and i mean we see that both in what the kids are doing but it's also kind of like what they're doing is a microcosm of what wanda's world has been doing like what there's no good reason other than for our own entertainment for Wanda's world to keep jumping from decade to decade. So mm-hmm. why, why is it doing that? Why are the kids jumping around? And I, th- th- there's, there's something kind of later on that I want to get into, but I think it kind of ties into to something going on with Agnes, but we'll, we'll get to Agnes when we get to Agnes. But yeah, Billy, Billy just kind of freaked me out. And that was, uh, that was one of the things I wanted to bring off the top, especially in that picture in the opening credits. Those, yeah. That was that was an evil-eyed kid. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And uh, oh yeah. So there is there is a lot to unpack in this episode. So we got the the '80s opening. It's very families. Um, and the uh, doing some research here. It's clearly obvious that they're they're basing their show on a little bit of the family show, Growing Pains, Family Ties. And there's a tiny, tiny hint of Full House in there. I think we're really going to see Full House themes in the 90s run uh, a little bit, which I believe the next one is the Halloween episode, uh, which is going to be interesting there. Uh, And uh, the man, I mean, it's very 80s. Uh, The theme song was really... really weirdly emotional yeah that that um, uh that whole opening with the painting and the theme song are very family ties ish and uh i think the the way the kids talked it felt like that was them making fun of the olsen twins who you know elizabeth mm. is related to because that i found i never really watched full house i was not really into it i didn't see the appeal but every time i did it was literally one of the olsen twins speaking in an overly cutesy voice and like that's how these kids were when they're like we found the puppy. He was all alone and crying. And I'm like, oh, okay, wow, that's uh, <laughs> that's shots fired. Uh, Mary Kate, mm-hmm. Ashley, I hope you're watching because shots are fired, ladies. Yeah, yeah, no, that's for sure. I mean, I think that's obviously it's a carefully crafted choice. Those kids are because it felt it felt overemphasized um, a little bit. It felt that they were really pushing the one we mm-hmm. and he's the only one, you know, like that's the thing. Um, so, you know, I, I like the kids story. Uh, it seems like they're seems like they're just getting what they want. Um, that seems to be the the play out of their story arc in this one. I love Vision's story arc in this one. This one's a really good one for Vision. And, oh, and God, yeah. That character. 
Um, now, don't get me wrong. Uh, Wanda has has a, a really good, you know, a good progressive story in this as well. But I would say that Vision, because the curtains being lifted here a little bit, um, I think that he kind of steals the show here, and and it, it really shows in this one. Uh, but that's not to say Wanda comes out looking like a badass in this one, like just full out oh. boss lady coming on here but it starts to make me beg to question is she under a spell herself because she's pretty she's pretty evil in this yeah uh she uh, i mean she's they they keep making her so scary um i i think that she is under something or she's she's sort Mm -hmm. of being led to believe in one thing uh when really the other happens to be the truth i i think that that's I feel like it's still too early to to say for sure either way, because I think that's the question they keep asking, especially in this episode is you're in control, aren't you? Aren't you? And she doesn't really answer even when vision accosts her about it and is like, you're doing this and you're, you're making all these weird decisions and not being secret with your powers. And she never full out says, yes, I built this world for us. And I did that. Like she is just sort of, non-committal she just kind of backs away from the argument like trump so i think that there's there's more going on and we can't really put a pin in that i think that's Mm -hmm. the final pin that's the point of the show is like who is in control um she i'll tell you what she is in control of though is her her kitchen uh decor because you know it's the 80s ryan when you have copper baking molds And she had, I think, six or seven copper baking molds that made me, you have no idea how happy that made me. Because Golden Girls was all about the copper baking molds. And all my old school aunts, who I would spend my childhood with, I'd be hanging out in their kitchens and they had copper baking molds too. So I was right there. I saw those Mm -hmm. and I was transported. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. That 80s house felt like an 80s house. Like it's, it's a beautiful... Uh, beautiful house and yes uh, the copper tone there uh you make a lot of uh, cooking things do you ever have you ever baked anything in a copper baking mold before nope my my parents did have one though they had like a kind of a copper baking mold thing um, what was it shaped my mom like had, oh man i can't remember off the top of my head to be honest with you because i just remember it like i just remember seeing something copper right it'd be like just up on the wall somewhere mm-hmm. uh, and like i, I don't want to be crude but i have to say one of the ones wanda had kind of looked like a penis i don't know yeah. what, <laughs> i don't know what was going on there but that's what i saw and I, I watched it twice and i'm like is that what i'm seeing uh freud would probably have some things to tell me but yeah uh wanda yeah. bakes wanda bakes a bunch yeah, I mean, I love that. Uh, I love the commentary uh, Darcy makes. And she's like, oh, you know, we can talk to her whenever she's cleaning dishes, which seems to be, you know, once every episode puke. And yeah. like, just like, uh, but yeah, it seems like uh, it seems like Wanda's going through this. So, OK, we we talked about being in the show here with the kids um, and the kids rapidly age, which seems to be interesting as well. Um, and so uh, the the segment that gets me so excited it seems for me right now that i'm actually enjoying the the sword side of the story in in response to what's going on with wanda that's that's really keeping me like really crazy 
Um, and so uh, Monica wakes up and, and this show wastes no time get, getting to what the viewers need at this point, right? Because once you've kind of dropped the big question uh, about the show uh, and like once you've introduced the characters who are going to solve the problems, man, does Sword like start picking up speed? Like they're already, you know, going all over the place here and, and getting theories all run up so we get um we get monica coming back talking about this whole thing and they go to the briefing and the and again i love good old jimmy woo uh great character and the actor randall man he's doing such a great job as that as jimmy um and creating his own spin on it but i can't help but notice there's something you're right there's something extremely off about the director Oh, he's a dick. He's a flat out dick. Darcy called it, man. She's like, yeah, I don't like this guy. He's uh, he's not he, his interests are not the same interests as our, our three sort of leads there. Uh, and he's made mm-hmm. that abundantly clear now. You're right, though, like the pace has amped. And I think it makes sense. I think people people would call it out as BS otherwise, because you have like, OK, Jimmy Woo, he, he's a, he's a nice guy. He might not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but. It, like I feel like Monica Rambo and uh, Darcy, like they are fiercely intelligent people. Like those two are going mm. to get to the heart of the problem as fast as possible. So as yes. soon as you introduce this problem, this conundrum to those characters, they're going to be like, "Okay, what? Like I'm I'm in overdrive now. Let's go. I'm I'm in Tony Stark mode. How do I solve this problem?" So they're it, they um, would be it would be a, a a huge mistake on the writer's part to have them waste time and and not flow with this kind of speed right no you're you're you know right on the money with that right it's it's in terms of writing at this point like it's yeah with these characters those those characters job is to figure out what's going on but we do get some interesting kind of backstory nuggets here so first of all they talk about wanda's parents um which is uh irena and oleg uh maximoff but in the comics they were known as Django and maria uh, but again, we know as comic book fans, we know her history is a little more convoluted than that. Um, and they do something interesting, which I have a good theory about uh, when we'll get there. Uh, fun fact, they do throw in that she was born in 1989, same year as Elizabeth Olsen. Um, and uh, the cool thing about this, though, is they talk about uh, the, her alias, and which is funny because they never mention in the entire MCU that her name was Scarlet Witch. That's right. I got kind of giddy when they asked that question because yeah, they've never had the need to call her Scarlet Witch. She's always just one because Scarlet Witch feels like kind of almost a derogatory name, like calling Mm -hmm. a woman a witch, unless she's like, you know, unless she's the one who says it like, yeah, cool. Call me a witch. That's, that's my choice. Just to flat out, right. Call a woman a witch. It feels very derogatory now in this day and age. So like there's, you know, you got to be careful and you can't just have Captain America be like, I dub the Scarlet Witch because uh, she'd be like, um, no. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> you, I think that's something like she's got a christen herself or a villain might give her that name, which I think is what's going to happen. Uh, but you like the, the tidbits kept flying because I... Oh, maybe you know i was hoping when this moment happened i was hoping i'm like ryan will know ryan will know the answer because what's the deal with monica and captain marvel man why is she like not digging it Um, what's going on there 
Um, actually, I, to be honest, I don't know. Um, oh. because because podcast I, over. <laughs> well, no, because I think that it seems to me um that uh captain it's one of those things she might not be enthusiastic to see her because captain marvel came back to earth and never went to go see her so that would seem like why she would not be enthusiastic because like if if she knew captain marvel was back on earth why didn't she go to visit her ah yeah that's true it's like the especially Mm -hmm. because um maria died so yes. you know you would think like hey that was your best friend you're gonna come see how her little girl is doing you're gonna come you know check mm-hmm. on me and from what we know um uh, i almost called her brie larson from what we know yes. captain marvel didn't do that i mean we didn't see yeah. those five years we didn't see what she was up to we just know she was off doing stuff and rockets like hey why you have doing stuff lady come on um that's my great rocket uh, you're welcome but that sounds very similar to Stanley. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but like she, we assume she was off in space, but like she's, she's got supersonic speed. She can't just fly to Louisiana and be like, Hey, Monica, what's up? I'm sorry about your mom. I guess. Yeah, well, actually, she, theoretically she couldn't cause Monica was snapped. So she couldn't see Monica. But, but, no, but what I'm saying is, is that cause she keeps hearing stories about how she was there and then obviously solved the snapping problem um and and just didn't see her after that right so so i i don't know i think as as a writing thing like i feel like that's why she would be upset because mom died she was never there that kind of thing mm-hmm. um or why she never came back like that sort of there's there's definitely something in that relationship there um but i know you're you're hunting for comic book stuff and we'll get to that because there are there are some comic book stuff in there okay um don't you worry, sir. Don't you worry. So speaking of comic book stuff, I I cannot believe and and listeners, you know, thank you guys again for always listening to our podcast. And also, again, you know, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, like it, but more importantly, share that podcast, get talking about it. Like this is the fun of the podcast is always talking about these things. Um, the the I would be remiss not to talk about the one of the big fit clues that was waving in our face in the last episode and we didn't even pick up on it. <laughs> like, oh no. How did we miss that? <laughs> what is it? Oh my god. Okay, so so first of all, um we noticed in the last episode they walked by a giant rocket ship. How and and how we missed this is beyond me, but um, I should have talked to my brother, uh, but he says, oh, you know, how are we doing for the, the space program? And he says, oh, well, you know, because of the snap, we lost half of our, you know, candidates and the other half are uh, things. So we're like very thin on candidates for the space pro- or astronauts for our space program. So clearly it sounds like that sword may be introducing Fantastic Four because the Fantastic Four end up stealing a rocket in the original comics um, to go to space. Uh, so here, hello, first of all. Um, and I will say that I can't take full credit because uh, the other thing I missed was when I, I heard, I went to the source of this theory and it seems like Kevin Smith was actually onto this where he's like, it might be, insanely brilliant of Kevin Feige to leave this kind of clue just facing the audience right in front of them and just play it off as if it were some small thing because that is so freaking smart 
And we do see a little hint of this uh, later on. Um, actually, there is also a hint with the fantastic. Sorry, I was talking. I was thinking about something else, but there, but there is another hint of this in this episode, where um, so uh, Monica uh, Spectrum is her is her hero name, but I I don't think they're going to use it to be honest with you. Um, Spectrum is um, she's uh, she's already kind of figuring out you know the science of everything, and I, again, I love how Marvel explains science because again. It may or may not be real, but they try to make it sound as believable as possible. And uh, I love how she's like, okay, in theory, this is going to work. All right, cool. So we need to build this super ridiculous rolling, whatever it is, rolling tank. Um, And she's like, I know just the aerospace engineer to do it. And she starts texting him. Never says who it is. But I mean, who? how many aerospace engineers that we know? We don't know that many other than Reed Richards himself. Oh snap! Okay, I wow, dude, that's a great point. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, who does she know? And the only person I could think of was like, well, Tony Stark probably knows about aerospace, but he dead. Um, he dead. Wow, man, yep. that's good. And and Ant Man is a electrical engineer, and <laughs> um, Bruce is not. Uh, I don't even know what he is. <laughs> he's like I think Gamma just... Whamma Jamma. I think he's a physicist, um, but um, yeah, it's uh, so he's um, yeah. I don't think he. Uh, I, I don't think it's uh, it's that. It could it could be also Amadeus Cho, who is a younger Hulk. Yes, but I don't know. Be because of the rocket ship and the astronaut thing and an aerospace engineer. It's uh, it's pretty close to be Reed Richards. I'd say it, it's all related. There's something. <laughs> There's a theme here coming. I think it would you, be very hard to deviate it. Yeah, I think you and Kevin Smith are onto something here because this this story, more than any other MCU story so far, requires the most amount of sort of exposition and uh, like solutions and you know script pages need to be devoted to its plot. It's not just like go here and fight the villain. And on top of that, there's less script because it's a show. So all the script space is at a premium. They have to make every kind of line of dialogue, every second count. So why waste mm-hmm. it on talking about this rocket ship if it's just like, oh, we don't have funding anymore? You know, like that you, That doesn't seem like something you would waste it on just for a red herring. Like spend that time more wisely, you know? Yeah, so exactly. I think, I think y'all are on to something. Uh, I like where that's going. And I also like how... We finally got the word hex dropped into the Marvel lexicon, baby. Darcy calls it a hex. And yeah, the hexagon thing, uh, we didn't see it this episode, but it was prevalent for a long time. And it makes sense because that's how I remember Scarlet Witch's powers being described are the hexes. She throws hexes at people. She throws hex bolts um, and she produces hex spears as well. Do you think Uh, think her favorite song is I Want to Hex You Up? (laughs) <laughs> i i would not i would not uh count that one out for sure i mean this show is very clever with their songs i can tell you that <laughs> for sure um in fact yeah the song about vision uh or sorry about one division in this one uh the lyrics are you wander you wander the world with a vision of what life could be but then the years come and teach you just to wait and see 
forces may try to pull us apart, but nothing can phase me. If you're, if you're in my heart, crossing your fingers, singing a song, we're making it up as we go along through the highs and lows. We'll be right. We'll be wrong. We're making it up as we go along. There will be days. We won't know which way to go. It will take it higher. You're all I desire. When going gets tough, when push comes to shove, we're making it up because we got love. We got love. We got love. We got one division. I am so, furious that you didn't sing that, Ryan. <laughs> well, I apologize because, again, I only heard the song twice today and I don't have it quite engraved in my head. Um, but yes, you were right. So they're talking about hexes. And yes, in terms of music, um, some careful placement in there. Also, Vision talks about reading The Descent of Man, which is also apparently a David Bowie song, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's also something you probably don't want to read to your kids, which I thought was pretty funny. They're they're still doing a good job with the sitcom stuff. Like when it's time to be jokey, they're still they're, the jokes are still landing. Right. And so the uh the interesting thing here, um the interesting thing here, there is a prevailing theory that is starting to surface that Kang might be uh pulling the strings. Uh, Kang might be pulling the strings as to what's going on in the world of WandaVision because the other thing is is this whole break-in of S.W.O.R.D. and Vision being taken from the facility by uh, Wanda. Yeah, that was uh, that kind of confirmed something that we asked last week, right? Because we were like, did she steal the body or did she make her own thing? And we now we know she full-on robbed a corpse. It's awful. Yeah. Uh- yeah, and this plays into a comic, uh, the West Coast Avengers, where Vision was stolen and being dismantled. Um, and uh, the reason the reason why people think that Kang might be a cause of this is because it seems like Monica didn't know about it. And it's not, not that it was classified. It just didn't seem like it happened. Oh. So in the comic, there is, uh, there is Kang who is misguided and on a world of conquest to end up failing and realize there's a more bigger evil. So he goes back in time as a younger version of himself and, and then tries to not only stop him, but help the Avengers. And he does that by helping Wanda. Uh, But I mean, again, this is one of those comic book stretches where you're kind of investing too much and it doesn't seem like it could believably happen because what we do know is that um, what we do know is that, Doctor Strange uh, is going to make a cameo appearance in this. Kevin Feige has confirmed it, so we know it's it's law at this point. It's going to happen, um, which means if that's true, then it has to come down to the House of M story arc, which is about creating the kids. The kids are you know soul fragments of Mephisto, and Agnes is like you know playing the puppet strings and curses kind of uh, curses kind of Wanda to do things a certain way. So. There's a lot of hints here, and another thing is it's a quick it's a quick Easter egg, but when when um, when Vision's holding the newspaper with the dog when the dog in the scene of the dog, uh, it's on the cover of the newspaper. It says local homemakers innova- uh, innovating recipes, but in when he folds it, uh, the newspaper is shown in a way that says home, which is H O M, uh, and it's home obviously is short for uh, House of M. Oh, look at that. You you had your finger on the freeze frame button today, man. <laughs> you were, you were, hey man, you wanted comic book stuff. This is the best kind of stuff I could find for you in terms of my own knowledge and research that I've done. 
I like that. Well done. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. Um, I, yeah, I don't personally, I hope it's not King involved in this just because I feel like mm-hmm. there's already enough room for King in Loki. There's already enough room for King in the fantastic four in Ant-Man and the Wasp three and in Avengers five. Like, I think we're, we're good for places where Kang could pop up. I would much rather Mephisto fit in here because mm. it's just, this feels like the right niche for him. The, the story they've been telling with how scary it is. And again, just that whole, that music and those credits, man, that, like that is, that's music in something that has Mephisto in it. That's not music in yeah. something that has a time travel guy in it. You know what I mean? Like it, it just fits with them. So the idea of like, mm-hmm. I love, I can't wait to see Kang. I can't wait to see Jonathan Majors, but I think there's better pieces of this puzzle where you can just kind of slide him in and he goes in smooth as butter here. It feels like it's not quite his wheelhouse. Right. And so the other thing is, is I do think Mephisto's at play here because it's definitely dealing with life and death right now at this point, And she can cheat life essentially. Right. So um, with that kind of power, you might, might attract some uh, pretty uh, interesting people. So Ooh, yeah. by that case, I, th- I don't know. It seems to me that Wanda's, I don't know. Wanda, I feel like is not herself. But that could be because of the grief. Um, even uh, Catherine Rambeau is saying that she was overwhelmed by the, the feeling of grief and uh, and weighed down by pain. So that was interesting to me. Um, so I don't know. But there's also something weird about this director guy. Like, I don't know. His decisions are so aggressive. Not like, like, he, like they send in the drone... Um, which I have to say, pretty smart figuring out that the how they how Wanda's powers work. By the way, that her that her outfit was actually her original outfit transformed into the seventies outfit. Um, quite a power to have, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, sending in the drone and that scene is so intense. Like they send in the drone, it, they fire at her, um, and then she comes out dragging the drone and almost gets the troops to kill the director guy. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what. Uh, What's going on? I don't know what's going on with this director guy, but I don't know what role he's trying to play here. All I know is from this point on in the podcast, we have to start talking like this because Wanda's accent is back when she comes out of the hex. Mm -hmm. She is Sokovian again. Um, Yeah, her accent comes back, which which I also find is bizarre uh, because... I, that's why I think like, I don't know, she could be under, she could be under a spell herself, right? Like, it just seems so weird that she jumps straight to a, yeah, this, this jumps straight back to her old accent. Yeah, I, I think that that's sort of like, supposed to show us, or at least point us in the direction of, she's the one doing this, you know, she knows she's been acting the whole time uh it's all her it's 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 all wanda like they said last week i think that's what that's trying to tell us because it's like she dropped her her act but again it it doesn't make sense in the context of the hex because vision knows what she really sounds like uh vision would be like wanda why are you talking like an american that's not your real voice um Mm -hmm. so that would inevitably bring up some questions too so i think that you're right. It's a very baffling choice. I don't know why she's doing that. I don't know if it means anything other than just to tell us the audience, like, 
hey, this is our first time seeing her out of the hex all, all this entire show. Um, mm. Yeah, that's another thing that I think, like Wanda's complicity is really just something that has to wait till the final episode to kind of mm-hmm. uh, put a proper pin in. Uh, but at least this leads us to our big new commercial for paper towels. Yes, uh, actually, I have a really good theory about that. <laughs> but okay, but before quickly before we jump into that, I do want to point out something because we did talk about it on a past podcast, which means quick podcast drop in. You know, do, 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 do. This is my podcast drop in music. We're using this. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Uh, which means, uh, you know, that not only that is that we're kind of on we're kind of on the right track here because one of the things I wanted to point out was we were talking about uh, the House of M story in in like the first two episodes. Like we were we were talking about that in the first episode of this podcast and the House of M story and how that's like about her having like this breakdown and and you know she becomes essentially evil through that uh, and being manipulated as well. Um, and the reason why I bring that up is because one of the things I talked about was that they know that Wanda is powerful because she went toe to toe with Thanos and they acknowledged that Wanda almost took out Thanos. Yes, they did. They acknowledged it. So, you know, hey, kudos to us for for getting uh, for landing that one on there. Um so they did call that and I'm pretty proud of that. So that was big. And I really wanted to point that out. So we're talking, you know, we're really talking about the scale of her power here. And now let's get into the commercials. So now the interesting thing about the commercials is uh, it's Lagos this time. So we completely jumped over Quicksilver at this point. Yeah, we did. At least the commercials did. Um, I, I, we need to, before we dissect the commercial though, I think we owe an apology to the good people of the country of Nigeria, because I looked it up, Ryan, and it turns out the city's name is actually pronounced Lagos, not Lagos. And and I I mispronounced it too, I think when we talked about it in the Civil War episode or wherever that happened. Uh, Yeah, Mm. but apparently a lot of Americans mispronounce it Lagos. It's actually Lagos, Nigeria. It uh, happens to be the most populous city on the continent of Africa. And it's a really, really cool place. I looked it up and uh, it's nice. Lots of nice buildings, lots of green everywhere. Oh. Very green city. Good to know. Okay, well, that's actually yeah, man. Kudos to you for uh, taking uh, taking that step forward and uh, clearing that up. So it's it. How do you pronounce it one more time? It's Lagos. 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 Yeah. There you go. Uh, Lagos. Uh, yes. So they talk about Lagos and they talk about spilling uh, spilling the drink. So um, what do you think? What do you think of this commercial? First of all, I want to. I want to. I want to pick at that a little bit. Honestly, I think this is the least subtle one. It's pretty on the nose. It's like, hey, she she killed a bunch of people by accident in Lagos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's a mess that you didn't mean to make, but we're going to help you wipe it up. And, you know, what helped her kind of wipe it up was, I guess, Captain America saying, like, it's okay. It's not your fault. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it definitely it, it definitely they seem to tie into her story in some way, shape, or form. But now this is a long shot, but I'm not the I I am not I did not fully develop this myself, 
but I, I started to see it when it was when when the clue was dropped to look at a certain way. So we had the toaster in the first one and the watch in the second. And then we had the bath powder. Uh, and then uh, we had we had the beer in this one. So or sorry, the, the, the cloths in this one. But did you not notice the toaster uh, refers to power? The watch refers to time. The bath soap was in the shape of a cube, which refers to space uh, because it looks like the Tesseract. And, uh, and then the liquid spill is a sly nod to reality. Ooh, you're wrinkling my brain here, sir. Okay. <laughs> Which right. means that the next two commercials have something to do with the mind or the soul stone. Okay. That's that's fair. Should we should we try to guess what those products are gonna be? <laughs> I I think it would be fun to do that for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, uh, because uh, the I mean uh, the catchy slogan of the the commercial is for when you make a mess you didn't mean to, and then of course you can correct that mess right by yeah swiping it. So <clears throat> I mean, if you're gonna go for like cheesy products, so '90s, so something about the '90s. Uh, now, if you're gonna go '90s, I feel like you're going to do something with the mindstone next. Yeah, maybe like one of those remember those things that were so popular in the 90s when they had like the the CD-ROM encyclopedia like Encarta, you remember that? Mm-hmm. Like something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, well or, or yes, a computer, right? Um Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like if they're gonna do it this way, then the the slogan should be something like something on your mind. Oh man, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say. Oh, okay. Uh, it's gonna be like a pillow or something. That's what it's gonna be. I'm telling you right now, a it's pillow? gonna be a pillow. Wow, something to help you sleep and rest your mind. Wow, interesting. Yeah, you jumped to a pillow so fast. I'm like, okay, there's there's something here. All right, that makes sense. Rest your mind. Um, Something okay. to put your mind at ease. Put your mind at That's ease. That's what it's going to be. With a pillow. Right. And the pillow's yep. comforting. So who gives her comfort? Vision gave her comfort. So what if the pillow was called like uh, the the Jarvis pillow or something? I don't know. That Maybe mm-hmm. that's too on the nose. Uh, and then in terms of the soul stone, it could be something like uh, like some kind of new age thing, right? Uh, if we're entering mm, exactly. the new millennium at that point, yeah, something like like crystals or incense or tea, new age tea, good for the soul, chicken soup, good for the soul, something like ah, that. And yeah. now we're talking. Now we're talking. Feige, you listening? You Better be listening. I I don't know. I I hope Feige's listening. Now that we got these James Gunn connection, <laughs> I love love you, James Gunn. Don't unlike my comment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't. But, uh but uh yeah i mean i again you got to take a step back and and look at the storytelling and feige and his his writing team uh you guys are just just killing it you have you have your audience at just like at the tip of your fingers like you just oh man oh yeah um all right so i'm gonna ask you another question ryan that is an unfair question that is a question that cannot possibly be answered right now but you're a smart guy 
and you're a lovable guy and you know a lot about Marvel. So I feel like I should just ask Thank you me. anyway, what's the deal with this mailman? Oh man. Everyone seems to keep asking this is what's the deal with the mailman. And honestly, it's, it's such a weird thing. It is so weird. He is an agent of shield. He is, a, he is an agent of shield, but it's such a small role. So, um, it's hard to say what this character has to do with the whole thing. Um, but what I will say is also interesting is uh, we also talked about this in the past episode is uh, what's the deal with kids? What's the theme about kids in this? Because uh, Vision gets all hung up on the idea of like, there are no other kids in this place. And in the episode where they talk about magic, which I think is the second episode, um, they they say for the children for the children sorry i just felt compelled so, to do it like they did uh yeah you're right there's, there's no kids anywhere in in westbrook mm-hmm. and him actually bringing that up it made me think you know what besides iron man 3 there's not a whole lot of kids in the mcu period uh which mm-hmm. is kind of a good thing i think considering how creepy these two twins are uh but yeah it's something with children plays a big part and it really feels like it, it's that whatever these two twins, whatever they have to say in terms of the context of the story is tied deeply mm-hmm. with Agnes. Uh, and I think she in turn has some kind of connection with the mailman, maybe because there's that little look she mm-hmm. gave him where she checked out his bum. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know what the mailman's deal is either. Um, he's just he's such an enigma. At first glance, I keep like every time I see him, I keep thinking he's the same guy from the commercials, but he's not. Uh, they just mm-hmm. they look alike. Just if you like squint, but it's not him. But Agnes is is so like if she wasn't nosy before, then God howdy, she is nosy now, and she really gets involved when it comes to the kids and the dog. And I think that that ties into what it is she wants and i think i know what she wants ryan uh whether or not whether or not she's agatha harkness whether or not she's mephisto or whatever i think at the end of the day when all is said and done the reason agnes is doing whatever it is she's doing is because her end game is she wants to use wanda to resurrect somebody uh Mm. and it's uh she's got to be careful about it you know she's got to play her cards like palpatine and kind of you know make wanda think it's her idea and kind of get wanda to open up that part of herself but the way she looks at her when the kids are like bring the dog back mommy and you know she just gives wanda that look and she's like you can do that i i don't think that that was you know, I, th- I think that's just her playing dumb and being like, oh, you have powers? Like, well, I, I didn't know that. I'm just a random normal neighbor. Mm-hmm. I-, I think that it's it's more along the lines of like, she knows Wanda can do that. She's just trying to see if she can get Wanda to admit it. Because the second Wanda can admit it and possibly try to like show it off, that's when Agnes can mm-hmm. tap into it and use it. So now I don't know who in the Marvel Universe is somebody who's famous for being dead and coming back a lot. But I mm-hmm. think all roads are pointing to the grave. Hmm. I think you are. I see. This is the, This is why I think 
when we talk about like Kang's story and stuff like that, that's why it's too far-fetched because everything has to be building towards something. And that's why if you try to throw something in that's too far out there, you're really reaching. And I think you're on to something because the other thing I want to throw in there is that because she also, Wanda seems a lot more comfortable to use her powers around her. Yes. Because when she had the dog, she did the collar thing and then... Vision's like, you know, what the hell? Like, you know, like you shouldn't be showing her that. And she's like, oh, she didn't even notice like all this stuff. So something is definitely really weird. And that's why I had to kind of deflect your uh, your mailman question. Because again, I, uh, the only other thing I could say is that there's, you know, there's something up with the mailman just as much as there's something up, uh, up with Norm and this, which is awesome. Because again, another call out to our awesome podcast, because I called out the notes on the paper that said something about his dad and his sister. That's and right. And what you happened? Did. Boom. Unlocked it. Dad and sister. Wow. And that great performance by that dude too. Like he goes mm. from terrified to not terrified and just like, Oh, where do I put my stamp? Uh, but I think it's very telling Ryan that even though he keeps saying like, she's in my head, whatever, he doesn't say Wanda. He just says she. Hmm. Yes, that's right. She didn't. Oh my God, that's so true. So yeah, I, there's something interesting going on here. And and also it was weird with the whole, it was a very weird scene with the whole, um, uh, the whole kids crying. And then she's like, should we take it from the top? Um, as if like, I don't know, as if she's like the supporting cast, but also trying to direct the episode. Yeah, because we've seen now people break the fourth wall and be like, this isn't real. But what we haven't seen is people break the fourth wall and be like, this is a sitcom, like acknowledging this is a show. It's either we believe this is our reality or no, we're from S.W.O.R.D. and we know this is not reality. We've never seen Mm -hmm. anybody kind of straddle that line and be like, oh, uh, he said the wrong thing. Should we go again? that just goes to show just how much of a wild card Agnes is. I think like she's just, she's so not on either of those two playing fields. She's something else. Uh, I can't wait to find out more about her. Agnes is a really cool character. Uh, And Mm -hmm. as we, as we inch our way to the end of this phenomenal episode, we get a moment here that I need, I need to bring up because it's like, I've, I've watched it twice today and both times I, I almost cried during this moment. And mm. it's, it's this argument that Wanda and Vision have with each other. Uh, I mean, these two have been so good, these two actors, since day one of this show. And they just keep upping it. And Paul Bettany has this moment where they're, you know, they're yelling and he's floating by the stairs. And he says, like, I don't remember anything. I don't know who I am. I'm scared. And that delivery, man, just, it got me mm-hmm. right to my core both times. Ah, I, I can't get enough of the way he says that line. It makes me feel so bad for vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, the, you really feel the passion of the character and, and for a character who has a heavy amount of makeup can be extremely, extremely expressive like that. And, and the other thing, interesting thing is vision's not a human, but to, to definitely project such human emotion is really interesting. Um, and yeah, so it's a, it's a beautiful scene and absolutely beautiful. And uh, man, I, 
I agree with you, just the pain that you feel him yell. And it brings to interesting theory. So is he back to life? Which I think, I think, yes. I th- and it's interesting too, because the shot where Scarlet Witch goes to save him, actually in the comic books, a lot of the time you see him separated that way. Like his head is on one table, his body's on another, his hands, and you see wires all connecting them. Um, uh, so the that scene though, but yeah, that scene where they're having this argument is so good. And it's what we did learn though, is that he doesn't remember anything prior to this all he knows is this world of westview that's it it's all he remembers correct um so so what's interesting though is that is that we saw the zombie vision in the previous episode but the interesting thing is is though he can't remember. So does that mean that she just resurrected him? But the interesting thing here with, and especially the kids being like, can't you just bring people back to the dead? So can the kids see vision the way he is? And the other thing is um, that means that yes, she brought him back to life, but literally he's just parts put together and she's still, but she's seeing him as he really is. You know what I mean? Like that's why he can't really, that's why he's so honest with her. It's not her controlling him. It's her. She put him back together, but he's not exactly whole. Yeah. I, I think that, and it, it's hard to put into words. I'm going to try to be as succinct as I can here, but I think it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, I think that question is answered with Monica's pants. Like they, they were Kevlar pants. Yeah. And they remained kevlar pants now they just look like bell bottoms with fish and i think it's the same deal he is a corpse vision is a corpse and he is still Mm -hmm. a corpse but now he looks like a living breathing vision Mm -hmm. and that is what she created she created that that glamour that illusion on top of this thing that still remains what it is those pants didn't stop being bulletproof he didn't stop being a dead body but now there's this new creation, this new coat of paint on top of it. And it's very convincing, but you know, you can, you can paint a water bottle to look like it's made out of gold, but it's still a water bottle. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what's happening here. And him being able to talk and express emotions is just a sign of how powerful Wanda is and how much effort she probably put into him compared to what she put into the pants. Uh, I think that the only real thing she has created that is real and from scratch now is these twins. Yep. I, 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 that's, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think the, and, and, and uh, Monica makes a point of that too, that the only things that are real is the kids. Yeah. Is for the right? children. For the children. But yeah, that begs, I don't know. It, it's, it's still, it does. The show is doing exactly what it wants its viewers to do. Ask more questions and wait till the next episode. That's, yeah. You can't end on a better note than that. I mean, you said but, it so well, man. Feige has us wrapped around his little finger. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But, uh, but at the same time, man, did, did the, did Marvel not break the internet today? Like this, Ooh. this next move is a huge, 
huge move. And we, I'd say we as fans felt like it was coming, but it was still unbelievable. And that is something you can't, you can't, you can't plan. Like in the sense of like, you can't, you could not have predicted that. I don't think, I think people who have, who did, I saw, because I remember seeing someone on the internet being like rumor, this could happen, but you could not have predicted that without being in the meeting room, having it spoiled to you because there's just no way. It's such a long shot that for that to happen is huge. And so, yeah, let's get to it. So, so the argument happens. And what I like about the argument is that the credits roll, then they move to, and then vision kind of stops the credits rolling, which is interesting. Very cool. living room have, have the big fight. And then, Wanda said or they get the knock on the door and Wanda's like, well, I didn't control that. Mm-hmm. So there's some there's something definitely being alluded to here. Uh, and then we open the door, we get a backhead shot, which is brilliant. A backhead shot of of what looks like Quicksilver. And then boom, mic drop moment. We get the X-Men uh casting version of Quicksilver from uh the popular the the popular newer X-Men. Um which the days of future past Evan Peters. Days of, yes, the Quicksilver. days of future past. Now I have to I have to say something interesting about this because everyone knows in the House of M story as along with the Ventures disassembled, is that Wanda finds out that magneto is her dad like they they i mean they kind of redo that story a few times but then they realize that magneto may not be the parents and there's a whole thing and whole kit and caboodle now the interesting thing i think is everyone i think is banking on that magneto is their dad and what more brilliant way to kind of circumnavigate wonder gore than to have this new quicksilver come into play and and tell her that the father is not who they think it is. Right. You yeah. can totally go around Wonder Gore and the high evolutionary and that whole story thing because you haven't really built up to it. And you can literally, literally be like, oh, you know, remember our dad do doing this? And she's like, well, that's not that. I don't remember that about her dad. Oh, well, I, I didn't get a chance to tell you then. Or like, yeah, I didn't get a chance to tell you. Your dad is Magneto. Yeah. Um, okay. So first I need to walk you through this because this was, um, I got a message from James Rizile, I think two days ago. And he was saying, you know, he, he says they keep talking about how WandaVision has this big cameo that uh, is like Luke Skywalker in Mandalorian levels of shock and awe. And I was like, yes. cool, great. That sounds terrific. And he's like, who do you think it is? Like who in, cause he, he doesn't know Marvel as well. He's not super into it. So he says like, who in your opinion would, could show up and be a Luke Skywalker level of shock. And I'm, I was thinking, I'm like, I'm like who, who could show up? And like, I already knew in my head we were getting Quicksilver. Uh, I think like everybody else, I just assumed it was the Aaron Taylor Johnson Avengers age of Ultron. Quicksilver, because mm-hmm. of course, because why would I think otherwise? So I was like, well, you know, Quicksilver's there, but I actually had in my head and my plan tonight before I watched the episode, Ryan, was my plan was I was going to ask you how likely you think this was. I was going to play Never Tell Me the Odds with you. But my guess was what if like goddamn Ian McKellen shows up 
And he's like, I have something to tell you, young lady. I'm your father. Like that, I was thinking Magneto. I was thinking Magneto showing up in this. And then all of, like, I, I, I watch this and I see the back of his head. And then he, he shows up, his face shows up. And I look at him and I'm like, oh, that doesn't look like Aaron Taylor. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it clues into me what's happening. Because it's been a minute since I watched those other X-Men movies. So I forgot like his face and everything. Um, and I'm looking at the guy and I'm thinking like, damn, this is, this it threw me for a bigger loop than Magneto because I never would have imagined this. And now I'm just like, apparently this was leaked for a long time. Apparently for a long time, people knew Evan Peters was going to be in this. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you had no idea. So I'm so glad that neither of us knew. Um, well, I know I did hear about it. I heard about the leak, but I, I heard it was still like very much a rumor. Like, that's the thing. Like, even though they're, they were like, oh, yeah, like, because I, I keep hearing these sources about this guy who apparently gets to go to these investor meetings and he keeps leaking things online. Right. But Or or I will say they because you can't really tell. But they keep leaking things online. But sometimes they are long shots like that, like this. That's what I'm saying. This was a long shot. You, even if you predicted it, even if you predicted it, the the amount of evidence you had to prove it is so minimal that to convince people that that was gonna happen is is just ridiculous. Like all you have really to 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 lead with on that is like, oh well, Marvel acquired Fox and they're finding ways to introduce mutants. Brilliant way to do it. Absolutely brilliant. But again, to predict that. Evan Peters was going to be in it. Such a long shot. Yeah. Like I, I didn't even hear those rumors. Like all the rumors I heard about crossover stuff was like Tobey Maguire and then, you know, Spider-Man stuff that this didn't even reach me, uh, this Evan Peters thing. And I mean, I was trying to think of like, okay, how can we talk about this tonight in a way that every other Marvel podcast and entertainment, you know, clickbait aggregate article is not talking about it. Like, how can we say something that they're not saying? And I've read a few articles and I've, I've looked at a few other things and there's something I haven't seen anybody bring up. So I hope I'm the first one to bring it up just because I would, that would make me proud. Uh, but here it is, Ryan. Here is my big question regarding this Quicksilver thing is, do you think it was a missed opportunity for Evan Peters not to say, I bet you didn't see that coming? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I think they still had that moment, though. They they totally still had that moment, regardless that that line wasn't used. Um, because because Darcy said exactly that kind of line that we were hoping for, which was, oh, my God, they recasted Quicksilver. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's that's the line that would tie in everything. Right. Like, yes. I mean, you didn't see that coming was would be a good kind of fourth wall breaking uh fourth wall breaking moment between of, of marvel being like haha see yeah. what we did there like is it uh, too but, silly because it's like it's perfectly gift wrapped for them like you literally could not have made that joke with any other character it's gift wrapped for them i know i know but i i think that that moment still happened with uh oh my god they recasted quicksilver because because <laughs> everyone said that as they saw it happen I like, like not in those words exactly, but everyone saw it that way. Like everyone had that quick spark moment of like, oh my God, they recasted them as, <laughs> as 
Um, so, so yeah, so I mean, but I, yeah, so I heard about this, I heard about this rumor or yeah, the rumor, not the rumor that I heard about the, the, the interview where Elizabeth Olson was asked that kind of question or, or it was Paul Bettany, one or the other, but they said, yes, it was going that there is going to be a Luke Skywalker like moment. Now the question remains, is it this moment or are we still yet to still have yet to see it? Because Vision also said he got to work with an actor uh, that he can't talk about yet, uh, but he was very excited to work with and that this actor is, you know, very well experienced and has a lot and offers a lot kind of thing. So I think it still begs the question, have we seen this actor yet or have we yet to see them? Yeah. And it, it's, it was something Paul Bettany said where he's like, I, I've never gotten to work with this actor yet. I think that mm-hmm. rules out Ian McKellen Magneto because they were in the Da Vinci Code together, but it doesn't rule out Fassbender. And I still think a Magneto moment could be possible. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I was feeling some heavy X-Men 1 Magneto shades here when she turned all those guns on the director. Like that was that, yes. that standoff, yeah. right? Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I think my money is still on that. Um, and in a, in a way that's very MCU is to give us that with, <laughs> this might seem like a long shot, but now with, with the way WandaVision and the MCU is, nothing's a long shot anymore. But that moment with the full red and purple outfit uh my brother just my brother literally sent me a message saying fyi i've been i've been super busy today and haven't had a chance to watch wandavision yet don't text me any spoilers oh. <laughs> i think i should warn him not to look at the internet <laughs> um so yeah i'm just gonna say right now live on this podcast guys i'm literally gonna text my brother uh yeah nick do not go on the internet at all just stay away unplug your computer Todd. <laughs> go on the internet uh, the internet exclamation points galore there was a, uh, there was a, there was another message that James sent me yesterday where he said apparently tonight we were supposed to get two episodes because they were worried about a leak so they wanted to get the episode out as fast as they could but that didn't end up happening so I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know what your sources are James get it together. Yeah, exactly. I so it's something something in the back of my head is saying something hasn't happened yet. But if you wanted to mirror the Mandalorian scene and have the same moment, because if you think about how that question is asked, which is you know, do you think we'll see a Mandalorian like moment? And she said yes. Um, which if she's thinking, if she's answering that question in a very, because like sometimes actors will kind of be like oh yes but you know it's done this way but she just flat out says yes right which means that if that's true you could look at it as if they're going to replicate a scene that has a similar theme and feel magneto would be perfect because he could like crush robots and like force push them in a way and oh exactly kind of same thing right and they do hint at drones um right so they do hint at like robots uh and also the other thing that i thought was interesting is the kids the kids wear a color scheme similar to the 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 aunt and the uncle or the mom and the uncle there which is the red and the green 
So that's another hint that they're referring to the good old classic Wanda and Quicksilver. Uh, Vision, when he carries the kids, he goes make way for Homo sapiens, um, which is uh, a, a, a terminology Magneto likes to use, except he doesn't like Homo sapiens. Um, so that's another nod right there. And then we get this Quicksilver, which which in the X-Men uh, Days of Future Past movie, he literally learns that that uh, he's his father right near the end. Right. So there is a lot of layers of that cake. Uh, that and also a good example of how you could do it and why and why it would work. And I would love Fastbender to continue to play Magneto because if you watch First Class, which is my favorite, um, Brian Singer, uh, you're great. You know, you have your moments. You brought X Men into the world, which was fantastic. But uh, you really should have left. You should have left it with the first class director, Matthew Vaughn. I think he had a way better approach to it. Um, but uh, that Magneto in first class is a scary but awesome Magneto. Oh, everything Fassbender does in those movies is frightening. You know, even when we get into the Dark Phoenix stuff, like he still kills it when he's on screen. So if he's game, if Fassbender is game, that is definitely a Luke Skywalker hallway moment for oh. sure. Uh, and and I will also throw in one more little slice of evidence. You ready for this one? Uh huh. Um, is that is that there was an interview uh, where Feige or someone asked Patrick Stewart if he would return as Xavier, and I believe I believe either Patrick Stewart or Kevin Feige confirmed that they did actually ask Patrick Stewart to return, and he turned it down. Correct. Yeah. So if that's true then the likelihood of Magneto coming back as Fassbender or even Sir Ian McKellen, which now it sounds like it would be more Fassbender and probably uh, bring back McAvoy, then you're set. You're golden. You're, <laughs> the, the, you, you, there you go, guys. That's how you bring back the X-Men. Uh, and then I hope they go... If they play that music, Ryan, I think I will pee. I think pee will come... Urine will come out of my body. Oh uh, my God. I just, sorry. I just had a moment. Oh my God. Another moment on this episode. Oh you no. know who's an aerospace engineer? Who? Beast? Dr. Hank McCoy. <laughs> my favorite X-Man. Oh my God. If we get Beast and if we get Kelsey Grammer Beast, because he was the best Beast, I oh. will pee some more. I will just, I am going to Oh, buddy. Oh my god. And not only that, and not only that, I just remembered in the comics, Beast joined Sword. There's a whole comic run when Sword was introduced in the comics and Beast was asked to join and he did. And doesn't he, um, in the cartoon, when he's locked up in jail, isn't he reading Charles Darwin books? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we cracked it. We cracked it. Oh. Oh my god, did we crack it? <laughs> We're gonna get a hallway scene where Beast is running down a hallway, smashing fools, and it's gonna be Kelsey Grammer, and he's gonna be like, Hello, I'm Sideshow Bob, and I'm also Beast. And I am going to cry and urinate, and it's gonna be a beautiful time. But it's still another week away, at least. We can it's still it. another week, but I think, again, I don't know, like you could. 
Oh my God. Yes. I'm not the only, okay. I just looked up that theory. I'm not the only person who just came up with that. I literally just looked it up. I'm giving you credit um, for it anyway. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh man. Okay. Well, I think we're on to something, but I, again, I, I like who knows what the show could drop. And this show was supposed to be way later on in Marvel's plan. Yes. Like, if we go to the original phase schedule, um, this show was not supposed to happen till like, I think like December of this year. Like it was supposed to be a long time from now. Yeah, it was definitely like, it was in the winter and it was also after like a bunch of other shows. Like it was after Falcon and Winter Soldier and then after like three other movies. Um, but we got it now and who knows if they change anything, but uh, another week is ahead of us looming ahead of us but uh if it is beast you and i sir are going to do some cheering and some peeing in that order yep i couldn't couldn't agree more um i mean that's huge that is huge oh Um, my god i'm so excited I, I just, I think that there's so many ways you could do this. Um, I don't, as much as I like the younger actor of Beast, I thought he did a good job. I agree with you. I would prefer someone like Kelsey Grammer. Um, I think he definitely had the voice and the the aesthetics down. But... Oh, Kelsey Grammer was born to play Beast. He looked like he was ripped right out of the cartoon the kid was never in his makeup. Like, sorry, buddy. Like, put your makeup on. Like, you can't. Yeah, don't get me. That's a whole other can of worms. We're we're over an hour as as it is. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm throwing my hat in the beast ring with you, good sir. I think you hit the aerospace nail on the furry blue head. Lock it in. Lock it in, guys. I, I would, and again, I would love it to be fantastic for him because it looks like it's heading that way. However, Beast has worked a lot on ships. Uh, he built the Blackbird. Uh, he also has worked with Shi'ar technology. Um, and in the comics, like I said, and this is where the evidence comes into play, if they're still playing that mutant card, which WandaVision is looking to shape up that way, then Beast would be the logical introduction now because... In the comics, when Sword was introduced, uh, based and Josh Whedon, Josh Whedon wrote it, by the way, um, Beast was asked to join Sword, and he did. Mm-hmm. And Kelsey Grammer is also a veteran actor who has a lot of experience under his belt, who, as far as I know, has never worked with Paul Bettany. Lock it in. There we go. Oh, my God. We are beasting All right. away. All right, but that has been Infinity Rewatch on the fifth episode of WandaVision, which was titled on a very special episode because the 80s sitcoms loved their special episodes. It was another great old school television saying that you don't hear anymore. I love these titles. I'm still betting that the last one's going to be called. This concludes our broadcast day, but we'll see. We still got weeks to go. Ryan, thank you so much for taking me on this journey here. Buddy, Fantasia, this journey has been epic. James Gunn liked our comment. (laughs) (laughs) Celebrate. He's going to listen to this and he's going to be like, Kevin, they're on to you. They know about Beast. And uh, if that's true, then James, I would love to love to meet you. You know, Pat, once this cold COVID thing's over with. But if you could introduce us to Kevin, that would be just just as fantastic as well. 
<laughs> yeah, and I mean, if you if you're you know your casting agent Sarah Halley Finn, if she wants to look at our headshots and be like, yeah, I want those two young men to be Marvel characters, that would also be swell with me. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens, James. Uh, in the meantime, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to our WandaVision episode five Infinity Rewatch. Until next week, have a marvelous day. <laughs>